your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, I'd like to thank you for making the show your first listen of the day. And as always, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes, myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And today's episode we will be taking a look back at the first half of the Carolina Hurricanes season and taking a look at the second half because there is a lot to take in as well as saying what the Hurricanes need to do to continue the success that they're having. Now, the first half of the season, as a whole, resounding success. I I think we can all agree on that as of Recording right now, the Carolina Hurricanes are sitting atop of the bloodbath that is the Metropolitan Division. With 42 games played, they are there at a 31-9-2 record with 64 total points and a .762 point differential. Or points percentage, I should say. Excuse me. But, you know, they, because in years past, they would... You know, be maybe where the Penguins, Capitals, or Blue Jacks are in the three, four, five spot. But this year they are an absolute juggernaut because yeah, they're on top of the Metro Division. They're also third in the NHL behind only the Florida Panthers and the Colorado Avalanche. So this team is legit. They are really, really good and true contenders. All the offseason moves that they made really looking to be paying off for the most part. And I, I think that, you know, like I said, I think we can all agree, you know, as a whole, hurricane season so far, resounding success. But, you know, we got to look at what's went well, what's went wrong, because it's obviously a bit of a, there's going to be some negative here. And I think that, you know, let's look down the roster. Well, First off, you know, something you know, that I think you know, before we even dive into individual players, something that has reared its head every now and again throughout the season was stupid penalties. It was really bad at the beginning of the year. It was really, really bad. And thankfully, they did clean it up, which is great, but from time to time it comes out with them just taking really dumb penalties and giving teams opportunities that they frankly should have no business having if the Carolina Hurricanes would stop doing stupid stuff but on the flip side of that one thing that you know has obviously been outstanding has been the penalty kill Penalty kill has been insane. Yeah, I think is one way to put it. Yeah, it's first in the league as of right now. It's sitting at eighty nine percent. Yeah, penalty kill percentage, which is 
great, obviously. They've pretty much been in the top three all season long. I know they've kind of slipped down to like that two and three spot every now and again, but for like the past, jeez, month and a half or so, if not longer, they've been the number one penalty killing team all season. You know, and arguably, you know, all season long, they've been the best team at it. It's just, you know, sometimes in the rankings. Yeah, they slip. But, and then, you know, another really positive thing has been the power play. It is, with the exception of that time in, like, mid, from, like, mid-November to early-ish December, where the Hurricanes were really on a skid, and their offense and power play was not going at all. They couldn't get a puck in the back of the net. Aside from them, from then, uh, this power play unit has been pretty much a top 10 unit all season long, which is, like I've said in, your, in previous episodes, crazy to think about. Because in years past, power play has been arguably the weak point for the Hurricanes. It's been a kind of middle-of-the-road power play. And, you know, whereas the penalty kill was, you know, crazy good. So I think, you know, as a team, they have shown tremendous improvement in that regard of maintaining a top 10 unit in power play. I believe they're there last year as well. But again, it's just one of those things crazy to think about because for so long it wasn't again penalty killing has been fantastic and all around team performance has been really really good and this team like i said in the previous few episodes recapping you this uh four game stretch in six days that the hurricanes were on they're finding ways to win which is really, really good. It's a reason why we only have nine regulation losses and two overtime losses. This team goes out there and finds ways to win, wherein, like I said, years past, some of those games, they may drop. That San Jose game, they may have dropped that. New Jersey may have dropped that. Shootout in overtime, you know, with Ottawa and Vegas. Who knows, you know, who knows how that could go? Yes, because that's obviously you know taught coin toss. You know, regardless of who you're playing there, but you know, I I think this team has they're really like I said they're built different this year. Meme aside, they're 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 built different this year, and it feels like they they have everything that they need to really make a run this year they've shown that they can beat top teams like shoot everybody that they played really that's a top team and we'll dive into some of that stuff in the next segment of teams that they've knocked off yeah but i i think that this team is they're dangerous and it's definitely going to be one to look out for and as a whole with the team i am very pleased with how this team has gone especially going into the year with as many roster moves that they made i was really concerned of how this team would gel early on they they gelled well they went undefeated they set the uh, 
They went 9-0-0. They set the franchise record for best start in franchise history and all that. So started off great, obviously. But again, it hasn't been without its ups and downs. But, you know, it's time to briefly, you know, look at some of the players that I want to, that I've been impressed by and the ones I want to see improvement from. And we'll do that right after this quick break. It's a New Year's, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bar also has amazing flavors to choose from, ranging from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is also coming out with limited time flavors all the time, so check back at Built.com often to see what's new. You can also go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order when you use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Now it's time to look at the players that I have been impressed by and ones that I've been disappointed by. But yeah, let's start with the positive because you know, Carolina Hurricanes, you know, they've had you know some outstanding performance from their top guys. I I predicted at the start of the season that we'd see the return of all-star Sebastian Ajo. And that's what we're seeing this week when it comes time to the All-Star game. He's making his second appearance in the All-Star game. He leads the team in goals right now with 19, leads the team in assists with 26, and leads the team in points with 45. And that's what I wanted from him this year. I wanted him to make that jump back to the All-Star game, play at an All-Star level like we know he can. And... Because now, okay, you got your full season, you know, past two, you have know, shortened season, so, you know, you can kind of chalk some of the numbers up to that. But, you know, I wanted to see that from him this year, especially, you know, and with now him having a letter uh, on his jersey, you know, definitely want to see him, you know, just take his game to the next level. You know, he's, heck, a veteran NHL player now which is crazy to think about you know just how long he's been around you know he's played 405 NHL games crazy to think about you know this is his you know one two three four five sixth NHL season and man crazy to think about just like He's been around for a while and crazy to think about there. But, you know, I wanted to see him, you know, just again, take, take the next step, you know, get back to the all-star game and saw that from him and very pleased with Sebastian Ajo. Really hope we can just continue to be on the tear that he's on. Go to the all-star game, show him that you're legit. Heck, you know, you look back at like the Edmonton game, you know, with him and McDavid in the same draft. Sebastian Ajo always plays his tail off against Connor McDavid, and he showed him up in that game up there in Edmonton. And, you know, we got an Edmonton 
uh, game at the end of the month on the 27th. So that's going to be a very exciting game to see just what Sebastian Ajo does there. But, you know, you got other guys on the roster as well that have been really, really good. Andre Sveshikov, he's second in the team in, in goals right now with 16 uh, goals. Top, he's number three in assists with 22, number two in points with 38. So he has been another that I wanted to see take the next step. You know, he got his really long-term deal that he wanted. He got the biggest deal in franchise history. Amazing, yo. That's what we wanted from him. That's what he wanted from us. And he got that. And he has, he's kind of avoided some of the offensive slumps that he's had in the past couple years. He, I said last year, yeah, I felt that with him constantly, constantly getting called for penalties, whether he did anything or not, really affected his confidence. And it showed. Uh, and this year, he's has that confidence back. This kid, he's out there playing out of his mind. And as I mentioned, you know, in the game recaps for the Hurricanes, he scored the game winner against San Jose. He scored the game winner against New Jersey. He scored the game winner in shootout against Ottawa. So, yeah, he has really been on a tear and stepping up when the Hurricanes need him to step up. Uh, that was something that I wanted from him to just step up his offensive production, not just with goals, which he definitely has. He's second in the team on him. And, but... You know, assists as well, he's, you know, he's improved at creating plays. Uh, and I, I think that's really good for him moving forward. I, I did say in the previous episode, one thing that I do want him to continue to improve on is the taking of those penalties. Because it, while it hasn't been as bad as last year, by any means, he's still usually taking about one or two a game. It, and it, it's definitely something like, come on, man, like, let's you know, clean this up. And like I said, you know, when he signed the deal, I was saying, you know, what I was expecting from him over the course of it. I knew this wouldn't be something that would be done overnight. You know, it, it wouldn't be something that, you know, last season, you know, he took a bunch this season, takes hardly any. Yeah, I knew it wouldn't be like that. I, I think we all knew it wouldn't be like that. And he has improved, but there is still room for improvement. I do want to see him continue to try to improve on that throughout the rest of the season and just moving forward in his career. And, and, and like I said, you know, he does obviously, you know, Second in the team in goals, third in the team in assists. I I do want to see him you know, continue to just evolve his game and continue to get unpredictable because I I forget what game it was. It was one of the games in this uh, last four game stretch. I think it was the Vegas game. No, no, it was the game against the Rangers. I think. Uh, but you know he gets behind the net, 
they immediately just put two guys there right at both ends of it yeah for the cross move because everyone kind of expects that when he gets back there i want to see him continue to just evolve his game and be more unpredictable of yeah i mean heck yeah you had the with that said play you know he passed it out to nino nino scored yeah let's see uh again more stuff like that you know he gets behind there oh is he gonna pass it is he gonna shoot it you know what's gonna happen there and then kind of not know okay how close do i put this guy you know to the post you know so he can't get in but you know if i'm too close you know then he can pass it out here to this guy you know um so it's one of those things i want to see him continue to evolve his game and continue to just add more elements to being unpredictable because that is one flaw that i do have with Svetch sometimes is that he can be kind of predictable again goes behind the net up oh, two guys right there no lacrosse move for you and you know more guys that have you know impressed this year so far tony d'angelo has obviously has been one that you know has really stepped up you know his offense you know that he's doing what the hurricanes wanted them to do wanted him to do you know he's you know sitting he's tied with sebastian ajo and for first and assists with 26 he's like i said stepped it up offensively the way the hurricanes you know wanted him to whenever he you know came here when they signed him in the offseason tavo has been one that has you know when he's healthy and in the lineup he's been great for the hurricanes vincent trocek he has been one that has had some ups and downs, you know, as of late, you know, he's been really good. You know, he's sitting, you know, he's tied for at fourth for goals on the season with 11. You know, when it comes to assists, he's at six with 19. And, you know, then point total wise, you know, he ranks fifth on the team right now. But, you know, he is one that there has been points where he has been invisible out there on the ice. And he's one I, I, I do want to see him step up his game going forward for the rest of the season. Same with Martin Natchez. Yeah. I I know he obviously did miss some time with COVID protocol and that definitely does hurt guys, but he's one like, I, I want to see him step it up a bit more. And yeah, like, dude, this is your, this is your contract. Yeah. I, I want to see you, know, you play like a contract. Yeah. I, I actually think it's defense and Trochex as well. So, want to see them step it up a little bit more you know get more involved yes both of them have made some absolute clutch plays and have been as a whole really good but again they have had their moments where it's just like yeah come on you know let's get it going a bit better same with uh yes spirit coat yummy yeah he's one yeah you know he's ninth in the team on points and you know come assist wise you know he's ninth there as well actually tied with pretty shade at ninth and then goal wise you know he's he is uh sitting at six on the team you know in goals with nine given i know he is you know generally playing on like the fourth line as of late but kind of you know third fourth line guy for the most part he did have you know his time you know on like the first and second but as a whole, yes, yeah, that is where he has been getting in his groove the 
best down there on the third and fourth lines. But it is one, like, we're paying this guy a little over $6 million this year. I I do want to see you step up your game a bit more and don't be as invisible out there because that has been an issue for him sometimes. Uh, he's just kind of invisible out there. You know, and, you know, he, I give him, like I've said before, you know, I do feel that his growth as a player was stunted in, in Montreal because you look at Andre, one pick before him, hell of a season. But he's playing with the Hurricanes. He's playing for a team that has a long history of developing young talent really, really, really well. With Montreal, not so much. So I do factor that in there. And then new team and all, all that stuff. And then, again, where he's playing in the lineup, not one where you're necessarily going to rack up, you know, Sebastian heck. Sebastian Ajo type numbers, you know, more, you know, or not even, you know, McDavid or Drysdale type numbers. You're not going to do that there, you know, on the third and fourth line. I do understand that. But it is one, like, I do want to see him, I do want to see him improvement from him uh, in the second half of the season. And like I said, as a whole, you know, I, he has played good for the Hurricanes, not great. It's not Sebastian Ajo, Andre Sveshkov, Tebo Terrifying, not, not those guys. But I do want to see some improvement from him. But as a whole, he's been all right for the Hurricanes. So he's definitely some room for improvement, but I do think that's just something with him. He's having to make up ground. You know, he's having to break old habits, learn proper ways of doing things, getting confidence back, you know? So... Uh, he has had his bright moments like the Montreal games, like the Boston game. Like he's had some really good moments this season so far, but uh, I do want to see some improvement from him. And then Seth Jarvis, he's always been a great surprise for everyone this year. Uh, not knowing if he would make the lineup at all coming out of training camp. And then he did, and he's played really well. You know, he's, racked up you know eight goals as a rookie and you know he's sitting at 11th on the team in assists so he's played really well I enjoyed watching him on the top line with Sebastian Ajo and Tavo Teravina really looking forward to continuing to see that line together because they've been really really well and you know there are some more guys that you know again I you know have been really impressed with you know Frederick Anderson's obviously been amazing. And, you know, there's obviously guys I want to see some improvement from. You know, a guy like Jordan Stahl, you know, he had hell of a season last year. He's been another one that hasn't really done much this year. So he, he's kind of fallen back into old Jordan Stahl. You know, he's not bad. No, he's not bad. But... <laughs> It is one of those things like I do want to see him ramp it up next season. Again, it's just one of those things sometimes it's invisible out there. And given I know he's not a player that's going to rack up, you know, an insane amount of points. Of course, we all we all know that. But 
you know, I do want to see coming off of the recent success that he'd had. We're looking for that to kind of carry over this year. It hasn't. So I do want to see improvement from him there. Same with a guy like Ethan Bear. You know, he got scratched for a while because he wasn't playing great. Now he's getting a chance to come back to the lineup. Like, let's see him, you know, really show the upside that he has. And let, let's see some improvement from him, you know, offensively and then defensively. Because sometimes, you know, his def- there's some lapses in his game defensively sometimes. And, like, you know, Tony D'Angelo, while he's played great offensively, he's had some pretty ugly laughs in it's lapses in his defense as well so let's just see some of those things tighten up because when Jacob Slavin was out in COVID protocol a lot of these lapses that I'm talking about with D'Angelo Bear and all these other guys those became very evident when Slavin was out so we need those guys to tighten up and same with the other guys on defense Ian Cole Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, you know, while Pesci and Shea as a whole, you know, really good. You know, let's see all of our blue line guys tighten up their game. So when there's a game where Slavin's out, oh, you know, there's not 10 million holes out there because Slavin does so much defensively, you know? And then, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, just, again, let's just tighten little tiny areas like that up for the Hurricanes. But, you know, what can we expect for the Hurricanes moving forward into the second half of the season? We'll talk about that right after this. So what can we expect from the Hurricanes in the second half of the season? Honestly, I really, while there definitely are some guys I want to see some improvement from, and if I'm wanting to see improvement from them, you know, a lot of the guys, the coaching staff is wanting to see improvement from them as well. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, again, Colton Yemi, you know, he's the $6 million guy. You know, he had kind of want to see some improvement from him. You know, Trocek uh, as well, like, stop being invisible. But, you know, I, I think looking forward at the rest of the season, it's going to be, I think, a lot of the same as a whole. I do think, you know, we are going to see some guys step up their game. I think that we may see some guys maybe regress. I, I don't think, you know, Aho, Sveshnikov, guys like that. I don't see I don't think we're gonna see those guys necessarily regress, but you know, a guy like you know, we'll just say Vincent Trocek while I do want to see him really improve and I don't want him to regress and continue to be kind of, all right, what are we going to get kind of guy? Uh, are, are you going to be out there you know, doing stuff or are we just not going to see you at all out there and forget you're out there? It wouldn't surprise me if we do kind of see the same from him of, you know, he has a stretch of games where he's all over the place and great, and then stretch of games where you, you forget he's out there. So, you know, it, it, that's something that it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if we see that from him. I don't want to, but it's not, it's something, again, wouldn't surprise me if we kind of just 
forget he's out there almost. Brett Pesci is the one that I'm kind of worried about right now. Not in the fact that it's not going to play good or anything like that. No, not that. It's the fact that you know he left the ice and uh, how is he going to be out hurt now? And because he is one of those guys that carries a massive load on our blue line. Him, Brady Shea, Jacob Slavin, those are kind of your three centerpieces when it comes to your blue line. And one of those guys goes out, really creates a lot of holes. And I do want to kind of worry what we're going to see from that, you know, come second half of the season. Hopefully, yeah, this all-star game break, you know, that can kind of be used to heal up from whatever, you know, nasty bump, you know, he took. But, you know, looking schedule-wise, you know, you come back from your break, you immediately got another four games in six days with Toronto on Monday, Ottawa on Tuesday, Boston on Thursday, then Minnesota on Friday. You're immediately getting back into the same kind of stretch you were just on with heck, one of those being back-to-back with Toronto and Ottawa. So, again, it's just like do it, like I said in the previous episode, do what you need to do to recharge and get yourself ready for this because you got that stretch immediately. Then you got Florida right after that. Then you got Nashville, who there's obviously some bad blood there, you know, with last season, you know, playing them so much, the playoffs, and then, again, you look at the previous meeting of that being a really chippy and physical game, and then, again, you know, just like I said, you got teams that are on the outside looking in, like a Detroit, where you have them on March 1st, and then... your second half of the season, you look at March, a lot of games in March against some really, really good teams. You know, you got, you know, like I said, Detroit you know, on the first, you know, their bubble playoff team. You got Washington on third, Pittsburgh the next night. Then you got Colorado on the 10th. Then you got Washington again on the 18th. Tampa and New York and Dallas and St. Louis all in that second to last week there in March. And then, of course, April being the last month of the season. It's going to be a, it's going to be tough. And then that's what I've been touching on April. Now, April does look a little bit easier than March. But March is going to be really, really tough. You're playing some damn good teams in the month of March. And that is going to be a really tough month there for the hurricanes because like i said you got washington pittsburgh colorado new york tampa dallas all on your schedule multiple times that month it's gonna be a rough one in in march so i do hope that they are able to get through that and then come april while it's definitely not as tough you you got teams like you know Buffalo Islanders and Arizona there and then Winnipeg who's kind of been kind of hit and miss but I mean that's in April so we'll see what happens of course this is one where I feel that let's not get comfortable almost because a lot of those teams yeah we'll see where we're at come April 
with any of those teams being bubble teams because anything can change in the next two months and teams can get hot teams can cool off let's not give them an inch regardless of where they're at in the standings and i feel that it it, march is going to be a tough one and april you got some potential trap games there in april both of the games against buffalo islanders you know they're not really good right now maybe they turn it around maybe they use this break to do what i say the hurricanes need to do is regroup recharge get yourselves mentally prepared for the second half and then you know you got arizona there heck arizona really gave us some trouble you know the first time we played them so it, it, it's one where you know don't get comfortable there because it's one thing like i said talking about it right now where everyone's at in the stands who knows what's going to happen you know between now and then so i think the hurricanes just need to keep doing what they're doing because what they're doing is working if it ain't broke don't fix it but we do need some guys to step up their game because if we're really going to make a run in the playoffs, we need everyone on their A game. No defensive lapses and we need power play, you know, don't you know just pass around the puck, you know, don't make any extra passes that you don't need to make. Don't get cute with stuff. That had been an issue earlier in the season, especially in that little skid that they had. Yeah, you know, they just try to do too much. Keep it simple. Do what you need to do to win. Don't overcomplicate things. They do that. I think they'll be set for the rest of the season. But we'll obviously talk about that stuff. All those games, whenever those games happen, you know, between the rest of February, March, and April, we'll talk about them when they happen. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Hurricanes on whatever platform you're listening on. Rate the show five stars. And now that you've made Locked On Hurricanes your first listen, go make Locked On Bets your second listen, your daily one-stop shop for all of your sports gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And go follow Locked on Hurricanes on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Hurricanes, myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96, and I will talk to you in the next episode.